podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. The tenth time they've made it! They've won a playoff campaign! And they've done it at Wembley! And for the first time in 74 years, Brentford will play in the top flight of English football! And he puts it in! Sergi Carroll has scored the first goal of the Premier League season! Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Eden Road podcast. Feels like it's been a while since we did our last episode. Uh, we hope you enjoyed the podcast with Jonathan Douglas. It's still up on Spotify and YouTube, so be sure to check that out if you haven't already. Today, we're online again, and I'm joined by Jordan to discuss that crazy thrill draw with Brighton on Saturday, a special away day segment, and a quick look ahead to United on Wednesday night. Jordan, how are you, mate? I'm not too bad yourself, Michael. Yeah, not too bad, not too bad. Let's just get talking about this Brighton game, because there's quite a lot to get through. Um, amazing game for the neutral, wasn't it? <laughs> I think we were saying during the game that's going to be one of those that gets shown randomly about like two o'clock in the morning on Sky Sports in about 10, 15 years time, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Uh, it kind of felt like a loss conceding so late on. I remember saying the same thing to my missus when we were leaving the ground. But on the balance of the game, you'd take a point really, wouldn't you? you take it beforehand. It was one of those as well, I think, from about the 65th minute onwards. I thought the equaliser was inevitable. I think I turned around, to, I can't remember who I was talking to during the game. Turning around saying, can they just get this equaliser out of the way now? If, they, if we can see it now, I'll be over it. It's just the later it's going to be more horrible. And yeah, obviously, over the last minute, it did feel a bit like a loss. But in retrospect, yeah, you'd have taken a point before 100%. Yeah. Uh, we'll talk a, talk a little bit about some specifics, starting with Janssen's uh, opener. We've had a couple of conversations about Pontus on the podcast before and sort of how, if at all, he, he fits back into the team when he's fit. And I think uh, me and Clayton uh, kind of agreed that when he's fit, he's still our third choice centre back. If we start, if we start in a four, we started in a five yesterday. But do you think he did enough to make you feel any different yesterday? I think I've always said I've like don't get me wrong. But when we signed him that that first season, I think he's probably could, you could argue the most important signing we've ever made. I think we'd always there was a few seasons in the championship towards the end where we'd sort of lacked a leader's maybe the wrong word, but I've always said every great team ever has always had a black. Like, a bastard, like a hard nut in it. And I think we were a bit soft for a few years in the championship. So, and signing him was a real statement of intent. That was a, whoa, we've just gone to your leads. All right, the whole thing, falling out with Bielsa. But this was a signing, this is like a, this is a statement, this signing. And he was so good that first season. He's such a leader. Because I think there was even a game during the uh, the COVID season, I think it was Luton away, where he was injured. But I remember watching it on the stream, obviously the stadiums are empty, you can hear everything. He was in the stands and could just hear him for 90 minutes barking and screaming. But I think I'd said I could see him maybe I could see this being his last season. I think he seems to the the it's the pace and the tempo of the Premier League, I think he struggles a little bit. This uh, the long like the goal over the so their first, was it or their second? I can't remember. The the long ball over the top. I don't mm-hmm. think we can get onto that with Hickey's or out of position, but Bjansen's a few yards out position there as well but it was only looking back as well obviously he scores the goal but he he wins the header for the for Tony for the Tony goal that move starts from him the ball on the halfway line he nips in front of his man flicks it on to Mbwemo so actually I think on balance I was yeah I think he actually had a better game than I'd have expected however yeah I agree with you and Clayton that he's third choice centre-back I reckon I think I think what he offers to the team, maybe that the other two lack in in Ben Mee and Ethan Pinnock, is is his passing range. I, I think for the first, the second, uh, I can't remember if it was the first or the second, where he kind of plays that long diagonal from right to left, 
Uh, I think it leads to the throne, which actually ends up with a with a first goal. Um, I think he's probably better equipped to play those kind of passes than than someone like Ethan Pinnacle or Ben Mee. He's 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 very much a forward playing centre back in that regard. Um, and I think I think in a five, he's definitely he definitely looks a lot better. But I just think I think I think I'd have to agree with you. I think at the, at the moment in Ben Mee and Ethan Pinnock, we've got two of the most informed centre backs in the league. Um, I did see a tweet a couple of days ago about Pinnock actually kind of going under the radar this season because just of how good Ben Mee's been. Um, obviously, popped up with another goal yesterday. We'll get onto that. Uh, we'll go on to Mitoma's equaliser. I don't know if you spotted just straight after the goal, Tony and Jensen having a little bit of a go at Raya, kind of suggesting to come out. Um, but he does sort of put himself in no man's land when he when the ball comes over and he decides to come and then he kind of stays, kind of makes it easy for Matoma to to get the goal. What did you what did you make of that little sequence of play? I did I, I did notice that as well. A few players having a little pop at Raya. I think it's one of those, especially as a keeper himself. It's one like when that ball's over the top, that like, you've got to commit either way. Like even if if you, I've always said, well, pr- probably why I'm not playing for you anymore though. If if, <laughs> if I start to if I start to come for it and I know I'm not going to get it, just gotta just you can't stop. You just got to carry on going and just clatter the striker or do something. As soon as you stop, mm. then you're in that no man's land, as they call it, and yeah, you just leave yourself over to be dinked like that. But yeah, to be pointing things at Ray, I think it's slightly harsh there because sort of the defence just parts open. Janssen sort of on the halfway line. Hickey just loses his man a bit. It was it was a goal that we haven't we've not I've not seen we have not seen us concede a goal like that for a while. We've been very, so solid in the back for the last few years. And the last time I remember a goal like that was do you remember I think it was the first away game of the season about a few years ago away at Stoke where Mepham just heads it straight over Bentley's yeah. head. Yeah, 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 yeah. The, the, the last <laughs> something like that. I think, and then, um, the, then before that, you just got my brain going. No, um, remember Bradford beat it's four 0 the year we went up. I think Craig and Bonham have one of those as well. One oh. of the <laughs> set off. <Yes. laughs> like, and maybe not to the same extent. Like, it wasn't our own player doing it, but yeah, it was it was uncharacteristic. We'll go on to the next goal. Uh, Tony scores immediately. I think there was ninety seconds in between in between Matoma's goal and, and Tony's and Tony's equal uh, goal to put us back ahead. Um, great pass from Mbomo. Even better first touch from Tony. I think Jay mentioned on the podcast when he came on that Tony's technical ability is pretty underrated by non-Brentford fans. And that goal, I thought, was just another example of, of his amazing technique. That first touch that he takes to not break his stride and just take it exactly where the ball needs to go. Um, he's, just, he's just brilliant, isn't he? Well, I've been arguing with so many people recently and they thought I've made my mad, but I, I Jay says and I stand by it as well. I would say that technically a technique wise, Tony is the best striker in England. Maybe <laughs> okay, maybe second to Kane, but I'd say he's a te- technically he's a better footballer than Haaland. Okay, Haaland mm-hmm. is Haaland's an out and out striker and he's just a machine. But yeah, technically Tony is absolutely unbelievable. And it's what you said, he takes it on the turn and the finish as well is unbelievable as well. Yeah. Like it's so precise, but so powerful as well. And so similar to when he takes those penalties as well. It's that mix of power and precision, which, and it's always with the instep as well. He's unbelievable at that finish. Mm-hmm. I think we should, uh, we, it's been a while since we've done the podcast. So we should definitely talk a little bit about Tony, Tony playing for England. How surreal was that to see a Bradford player in an England shirt? It, it was just it, it just, yeah, it just didn't, didn't compute, did it? It's sort of, nah. <laughs> do I remember even, even if it just it was only a few years ago, just seeing like one of our players come on for Northern Ireland, just seeing if you seen like seen like Will Grigg or Dallas making an appearance for Northern Ireland or like mm. 
Donaldson getting like a Jamaica call up. I'm sure he did at one point. As well. <laughs> Something like that. You're like, whoa, we got an international player. And to be seeing someone do it, do it for England as well. And it was actually nice to see him get a few minutes this time as well. Yeah. Still could have given him a bit longer though. Like we were 2 nil to the good. Ukraine weren't even in the game. I just think I just think it could have could have given him twenty minutes or something or something like that. But yeah, like you say, it was just insane. I was watching it and I just I just couldn't believe what I was watching. Uh, Kevin Schrader also assisting for Germany in a good little international stint for him. Um, we'll, we'll talk about him because I I think he could have a big role to play against United if, if Frank chooses to go with them. But we'll, we'll go back to the Brighton game quickly. Um, Welbeck gets the equaliser, blows kisses at the away fans, which pissed me off a lot. <laughs> we go... so what was that all about? It was profit like <laughs> such a bee in his bonnet. Like, it's so weird. Yeah. <laughs> Very strange. And we then go three uh, two up via Pinnock, and then essentially for the rest of the game, like you said a bit earlier, we saw none of the ball. Um, I think with the amount of chances they had, I was kind of starting to think like it might be not that it might not be their day, and we were going to somehow get away with all three points. Then there's the penalty. Um, what's your What's your take on the on the decision that goes against Hickey? I I'm sort of because everyone seemed to unanimously like in the height watching the highlights back. I think it's it's harsher than you think. I don't think it's mm. I don't think it's just the the most. I thought if anything, the one he had about a few minutes later where the cross which they appealed for handball there, which didn't get checked. Might, I thought that looked more clear cut than yeah. the one that was actually given for the penalty. But I think. It, what happened just before then? It's I think De Silva. De Silva could do better. He sort of just yeah. cushions it back into our six-yard box instead of getting it the other way or clearing it. But I, yeah, as what you said, it was. I think it was inevitable. It was coming, wasn't it? it was, I think they had fifteen shots, and I think the XG was something stupid, like four point eight yeah. to them or something. In it. So, <laughs> like, I think all of their all of their outfield players had at least two shots on goal in the game. <laughs> I saw that start. I saw that start that was floating around online. So, like you say, it was coming. We'll talk a little bit about Hickey. I, I got an, I got a little bit of stick on Twitter because I went on the Twitter account and thought he had a brilliant game. Having watched those highlights back, I think I might have to concede that it wasn't his best game ever. <laughs> but, but I do think Rika Henry was arguably worse than Hickey in that game. Um, I thought they had a little bit more joy down down Henry's side, and it was probably the one game this season where I don't think Henry's quite been at it. Uh, what did what did you make of this performance? I think it's it's the first time all season I've seen a team dominate us on the wings in that way. Matoma, mm. like, and it's easy to just point fingers and say, "Oh, Hickey and Henry were poor," which and they didn't have their best games. But like Matoma and Solly March was unbelievable. I think as well, like they yeah. were every time they got the ball on the on the wing, they just thought they were going to beat the man and get inside and create something. Like Br- Brighton, you can. We, we can talk numbers and stats like with the XG and all that, but like if you're going to strip it back, they passed the eye test as well. I thought they were brilliant and on the wings, yeah. I was a pair of them. But yeah, it's the first time I've seen hit, like Henry give, give, be given uh, get given the run around by someone for, for a very long time. I think the only time I've ever seen him really have a poor game before was United away last season. He looked about, he didn't, he, he, did, he looked a, a step or two behind everyone else. But mm. yeah, Hickey and Henry didn't have much joy at all, did they? <laughs> no, no. Uh, I, when I was watching match of the day, I was thinking to myself, actually, these these people on Twitter might might have a point. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like you said, Brighton, Brighton, a fantastic side. They got all the all the players coming into the right form at the at the, at the right time. Um, Matoma was amazing that game. Solly March, like you said, played blinder. Caicedo in midfield, obviously, everyone knows his quality. With Fulham losing yesterday, how how are you feeling going into this final stretch of games off the back of the result against Brighton? 
Well, I was. You don't realise how tight it was because after Everton and Leicester, I sort of I'm not like written off European football, but I thought, oh, that's one point out of the four there. We probably should have picked up a few more. Not mm-hmm. really expecting much, so I sort of saw Brighton as a bit of a free hit, and obviously the same as Wednesday as well. But we are still very much in there, and one or two results, positive or negative, either way, and the whole pitch around that round our little uh, batch of the table will change. So I don't think we can write. We should be write ourselves off, but I, yeah, I still think it's going to be slightly beyond us. Yeah, I think if you look at the games that we've got left as well, it doesn't. <laughs> I mean, we've got it's United on Wednesday. Hard, we've still got... isn't it, I think. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be difficult, but you know we got we got to keep keep positive. I think uh, with the result yesterday, it would have been a big three points if we'd have managed to hang on, um, getting three points ourselves and taking three points off our rivals in, in those positions. But yeah, I think uh, we'll talk a bit little bit about United. We'll do the <clears throat> away day segment. Um, normally, we'd just talk about a game from the past, but I thought with it being eight years ago today of us beating Fulham four one away from home, we could talk a little bit about that. Any any funny stories from that day, or any memory of it? Well, we were on um, we did um, got one of the bias boats down. So I think that was eight years ago. It's actually mental how long ago that was. I, I think it was, I've been about fourteen. I was in year nine at school. I think but we got the um, got the, yeah, we got the um, the one of the boats down from uh, Brentford down into Putney. And I just remember getting off the boat and just being because there was just Brentford everywhere, weren't there that day? We went yeah. to um, can't remember which pub we were in, but yeah, full of Brentford. You come out of that one, Putney High Street was just Brentford everywhere. Bishop's Park as. I, in hindsight as well, it's such a funny decision from them to decide to give us the whole Putney on that day and just turn it into a yes. because that's what we did. <laughs> <laughs> I always, uh, those, those boat trips were always a lot of fun. Did you ever do the boat to Charlton? Yeah, I did the one on the bank holiday one the other year where it was about 30 degrees, like, yeah. like right at the start of the season. Yeah, and especially, because obviously being so young, that full one, but doing them more recently when you're actually a bit older and you, know, you can have a drink and really, really enjoy them. Yeah, that's <laughs> how fun they are. Yeah, uh, four four goals that day. What's what's the what's the pick of the bunch? I know you're a big Jota fan, so are you saying, are you saying Jota's <laughs> the best one that day? Uh, well, I'm always going to say Jota, aren't I? I'm slightly biased on that front, but no, I've always said my favourite one was actually Dallas's second. I think was like, that yeah. was probably my might be one of my favourite ever Brentford goals that because Gray gets in behind, and the whole time you're thinking, why is Gray like go on, on Gray, get yourself in, miss the one on one like you normally like you normally do. <laughs> <laughs> Sort of like he holds it up so so well, and it, it just seems like he has about four players running towards him, all screaming. Like Douglas is in the picture, there. I think Judge is there. About three of them just screaming, lay it off to me. You know, whichever one it goes to, they're just gonna fucking put their foot through and launch it. Thankfully, <laughs> pretty similar to the one he scored in the first half, except he just gets some elevation. Yeah. This one, yeah. What yours? To be fair, uh, I I probably go with Yotta. To be fair, I think because he takes it on the half volley and then it finds its way into the top corner. I think because Judge kind of whips it in, not not with a lot of pace, but the fact that it's kind of it knee height and he adjusts to it. it. Yeah, just but that's just before he makes connection and obviously wraps it into the top corner. I think that was a, that was my favourite as well as is kind of three one would have been good, but four one kind of takes it into a humiliation status. And I think that's that was something before going into the game that I didn't think was going to happen. I thought because it was a derby, kind of form goes out the window. And I know we were in a in a promotion fight, but. I didn't expect four, and then you get the fourth, and then in that fashion as well. I think that was my favourite. Um, like you said, six thousand Brentford fans in the away end, trouncing your rivals four-one in the midst of a promotion fight. Surely that goes down as one of the best days, plus ever away days we've had. A hundred percent. I think as well. It's even sweet now the fact that we've done Fulham, Chelsea, and QPR all four-one <laughs> away from home in the last few years. Like that's a, that's a decent little repertoire to have. Yeah. No. A hundred percent. 
that was fun. I always enjoy talking about being Fulham. Uh, we'll, we'll go on to uh, United on Wednesday then. How are, you, how are you feeling ahead of the game? Obviously, they're not on a great run at the moment, are they? Mm. Which, I was talking about this at work actually with one of my colleagues and we're saying that could either be one of the best or the worst things. If they're either in a terrible run, we take advantage of that or they're due a result and someone's due, due a trouncing. And I reckon mm. they might, maybe they'll be up for revenge. Because what's the score when we played them earlier in the season? Did something... <laughs> I think it was 4-0. <laughs> 4-0, yeah. Well, I only remember four ones actually, so... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think uh, obviously they'll want to back, bounce back from um, from that 4-0. They'll be looking for revenge on that. And they're, they're also looking to bounce back after losing to Newcastle. Did, did you watch them on, on Sunday against Newcastle? I was at work on Sunday, so I saw the highlights back. I didn't see the whole thing, but they didn't look they were, much, really, did they? They were, sh- they were shocking, mate. They were yeah. shocking. I'm actually, I'm quietly, I know I'd say this and it's going to jinx it, but I'm quietly confident heading into the game. Um, they're still they're still missing Casemiro through suspension. We know how crucial he is to that United team. Um, I think that's definitely something they're going to be working on in training. Because I remember in the, in the 4-0 game, we got a lot of joy when we were pressing them up high. Uh, De Gea, again, against Newcastle, he looks so nervy when he's on the ball. Um, it was Jensen. Jensen like dispossesses him in the in the four nil game and lays it off. Yeah, uh, was it no? Yeah, yeah. Jensen, on the river, doesn't he? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I'm actually I don't want to jinx it, but I'm I'm quietly confident going. Well, you're into, good at jinxing, aren't you? The tweet you put up the other day. We haven't lost since we started. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I know. This this isn't in writing though, so I'm hoping we don't. <laughs> but have you um, seen they they haven't won have they since they um won the league cup and I think they've lost they. No. They've lost every game, but it's an aggregate score of something like nine nil or nine one something since they um since they won the cup. So enter Brentford. Yeah, I know. <laughs> enter Brentford. I'm looking forward to it, mate. Can we get a prediction? Prediction for the game? Quite confident. I reckon two nil. Two nil bees. Two nil. It's ballsy. I'm gonna go two one. Um, I just think I just think with the form they're in and the form the performance against Brighton, it's going to be such a different game to when we play Brighton. But I feel like we might have enough to at least go there and get a point. Um, would you go five, if, if five we beat? Again? I would. I would. Yeah. I think. Yeah. I think I would. Uh, just just for a bit of surety at the back. I think Janssen as well. Like I know we said earlier, he was third choice, but I think he does do well in that in the in a five. So I, I would stick in with a five, five definitely. And you forget as well. You still got. We still got. I. You still got Aya to come back into this team as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be good. Do you think if we do you think if we go there and we beat them, do you think that tops Man City away? Ooh, <laughs> I think it would, dep- it, it, would, it would depend on the on the manner in which we do, we do it, wouldn't it? Because I think City, that City's going to be so hard to top, isn't it? Because that was no. saving it to the 99th minute, but like, we could have had about four or five before that as well. That's the thing. Mm. Yeah, I think City. City I think City's just going to be hard to top ever. But you know, like I said, quietly confident going into Wednesday night. Uh, the Eden Road podcast will be back next week after the following game. And um, yeah, we'll, we'll see you next week. Jordan, thanks for coming on, mate. Uh, thanks for taking Thank the time. Um, follow us on Twitter. Remember to buy the Farewell Griffin Park book, which is still on our bio. All you need to do is send over an email to the email address that's listed there. And yeah, we'll, we'll see you next week. Cheers, guys. Thank you. Podcast Network.